welcome to Your Arts Playground. This is a podcast from Seesaw, Western Australia's premier arts magazine. I'm Rosalind Appleby. And I'm Nina Levy. We're the editors of Seesaw magazine and we're here to give you the lowdown on all the new shows, concerts and exhibitions that are coming up in WA. Get ready for a fast, fun and furious 15 minutes jam-packed with everything you need to know about the arts this month. Hi and welcome to Your Arts Playground for August. I'm Nina Levy and this month Rosalind Appleby is actually on annual leave. So we've invited Dr Claire Coleman to join us on the podcast. Hi, everyone. Claire's recently back in Perth after six years in Berlin, where she's been conducting various choirs and teaching at the British and Irish Modern Music Institute, which she's able to continue doing online. Yes, thank you, COVID. Thank you, COVID, (laughs) uh, even though she's on the other side of the world. Claire has also recently set up a new choir called Henge Queens, and full disclosure, I'm in it. Thank you for the gratuitous plug. No problem. Great. (laughs) Regular readers of Seesaw will be familiar with Claire's name as she joined the Seesaw team at the start of the year and she's been reviewing a range of music and performing arts. So welcome, Claire. Thanks. Excited to talk about a range of music and performing arts now. (laughs) That's what we do. So to kick off today, the first show I'm going to talk about is Crybaby by Parkin Projects, which I actually reviewed earlier this year at Fringe World Festival. Claire, think contemporary dance meets the mosh pit. Oh, wild. It's really wild. They've got a live band playing the likes of Iggy Pop, Janis Joplin, Mick Jagger, Mm -hmm. and there's three powerhouse dancers. The result is electric. Uh, You can read my review if you want to know more. Um, But yeah, originally the work was just half an hour and now they've extended it to full length. Oh, great. So So you can go along even if you saw the last one and catch the director's cut. (laughs) That's exactly right. You can catch the director's cut at the Recovite Hall in uh, 4th 4th to the 6th of August. Sounds great. And then West Australian Ballet is bringing back Dracula uh, to Crown Theatre. It's the third outing for this a very popular ballet. Everybody loves a vampire narrative. They really do. So Excellent. if you haven't caught that one yet, it's worth a look. Uh, and my last pick for dance is Archives of Humanity, which premiered at Perth Festival uh, earlier this year. It's now available online. And there's so much to say about this. And if you want to know all my thoughts, you can read my review, <laughs> check out the show notes. But one thing I will say, 21 dancers ranging in age from 17 to 55 years. Oh, wow. That's pretty unusual, right? It really is. Normally we don't get to see older dancers and I think that's a real shame. Oh, it's really great that companies are starting to make more opportunities for people who can continue to dance so beautifully to keep you know, showing what they can what do. they can do, yeah. absolutely. And and older dancers bring something to the stage that younger dancers don't have. Yeah, there's um, that real like seasoned sort of quality, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely worth checking that Amazing. one out. Um, hard to say how it'll translate to the screen, but 
I think give it a go. Yeah, I guess what you lose in immediacy, you gain in accessibility. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, Nina, can I tell you about my hot music pick for the month? Please do. Okay. It's uh, WA Opera's Star Navigator. So um, it's based on the story of um, Tupaya, who was a Polynesian star navigator who sailed and directed James Cook um, on the Endeavour in 1769. And from all accounts, it sounds like these two men just could not get get it get it together. Like two proud men, two leaders in their communities who just um, like although their jobs were to chart courses across the world, could not chart the short distance from one person to another. Um, so like already the story is so captivating. Um, and then on top of that, um, it's composed by Tim Finn. Yes, that Tim Finn from Split Ends or Crowded House. Um, yeah, and it just sounds like a really interesting um, interesting story, fascinating cast. Um, and WA Opera has put a lot of effort into um, doing some cross-cultural collaborations. So um, the, the opera itself is sung in both English and in Tahitian. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and the like, they've done some. Um, yeah. So, so the Tahitian sections have been um, translated by Celestina Hitira Vaite, who's a French Polynesian writer, um, and she also participates in the work as the narrator. And then in the rest of the cast, there's the crowd favorite Teddy Tahu Rhodes as nice. Captain Cook. Yeah, I'm sure that will please a lot of Perth audiences. Um, alongside Amatai Pati, who's of Samoan heritage as Chapaya, and Natasha Tarupa Wilson from New Zealand as Perea, who's kind of the, I guess she's kind of the love interest. Um, and that's with Wasso and Wasso Chorus under the direction of Chris Van Tunen. So uh, like a really unusual approach, a really, uh, a story that you don't get to see on an opera stage all the time, just sounds like a real winner to me. So that's on the 13th of August and it's my hot pick for the month. Fantastic. And I've got a music pick too this month, which is Breaksy at the Recovite. Breaksy is a group uh, from the Great Southern uh, based in Albany and they it caught my eye. Uh, they only do one show a year in Perth because their focus is really on accessing and providing opportunities to regional audiences and artists. Mm. So that really caught my eye. Um, yeah, they're all about uh, offering opportunities to artists who uh, are disadvantaged in some way, be it geographical, mm. financial disability, that kind of thing. And um, the proceeds of this show will actually go towards their mentoring program, which is really great. That does sound great. The show itself sounds lovely. It's just an hour, real mix of musical genres, rock, pop, musical theatre, as well as opera. Plus, they've got these short films by our local filmmaker, Rob Castiglione. It just sounds great. It's happening yeah. at the Recobite. So, sounds yeah. really nice and a good fit for the Recobite. I think so. Uh, and lastly, uh, the opening of Jinda Buja. So Jinda Buja, formerly known as App Music, uh, has a new name. Uh, and they're opening a new arts and culture centre on August the 4th. Uh, in celebration of that opening, they're collaborating with Curate Arts to present a free arts workshop in celebration of NADOC Week. And you get to paint a drum skin. It sounds like lots of fun. Uh, worth getting down there to check out their new space and their new name. Oh, nice. Um, before we move on from music, can I give a quick shout out to Petrushka? Oh, absolutely. Great. So Petrushka, um, it's, it just sounds really fascinating. It's another of the kind of collaborative works that we're hearing about in music this month. Um, and it's the 
So it's going to be a culmination of a week-long side-by-side creative development between Wasso musicians and the UWA Conservatorium under the direction of uh, Paul Rissman, who's a music educator really interested in sort of um, who gets to make music and finding more opportunities for people. Um, so in that show, alongside Stravinsky's Petrushka, which is, you know, a really key work in um, symphonic music and in ballet music, um, the musicians are going to be kind of experimenting with the the sounds and, and the um, atmospheric kind of elements of Petrushka to create a new work inspired by Petrushka, which they'll um, stage alongside the, um, the original Stravinsky work. Um, so that's on the 10th of August at Winthrop Hall. And the whole thing just sounds really like a fascinating process. And I'm really interested to see what comes out of it. Yeah, that one does sound really interesting, I yeah. guess, for me as uh, with my dance uh, background, obviously, Petrushka is a very famous ballet. So yeah. yeah, I also would like to see that. Mm. Moving on to visual arts. So I'm breaking our newly established tradition of only talking about things that are happening this month to talk about Margaret River Open Studios, which is actually happening in September. But I think it's important to flag it now because I believe that uh, accommodation becomes very... A hot ticket item. Yes. Yes. So if you're interested in Margaret River Open Studios, you'll want to get booking. But as the name suggests, it's a 16-day event where artists open their studios to the general public. Very interesting because we know uh, artists don't generally want the public in their studios. They don't want just randoms traipsing through their private <laughs> private spaces. Space. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard so, to believe. Um, yeah, you get the opportunity to see artists at work, to hear them talk about their work. Uh, you can ask them any questions you have. There's 140 artists participating. Holy moly. Year. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Not just in Margaret River, but in the surrounding areas as well. I'm really excited because Leon Pericles is one of the artists. Uh, yeah, there's a whole too. heap of really lovely sounding artists. Uh, art forms are diverse as well as your sort of more standard painting, ceramic sculpting, millinery, nice. rug making, great tattooing uh, are amongst the um, the offerings. The offerings. You yeah. have piqued my interest, <laughs> uh, and it's free. Um, so that's the 11th to the 26th of September. Cool. Um, and in art, things you can see without going quite so far south, um, at Fremantle Arts Centre, there's a kind of double bill of um, works that are interested in place and physical spaces. Um, so the first is The Archaeology of Loss by Stanislava Pinchuk. Um, Pinchuk is a Ukrainian-Australian artist who's interested in um, the ways that global conflicts kind of get mapped onto physical spaces. So her work explores that um, through a range of different mediums, but um, this exhibition features her pinhole topographical drawings. Right. Do you know about that? No, what is that? Um, it involves kind of how it sounds like using a pin to make, um, to kind of trace the topographical maps onto like a, a paper. Um, and the outcome is kind of uh, like a, a almost lacy yeah. in, in in um, its look. So that's one that's really worth checking out. And then running alongside that is Beating Heart by, um, how do you say this person's name? Jacobus Capone. Jacobus Capone, great. Um, so he's also interested in the physical landscape and particularly in his case in frozen landscapes. Mm. Um, so um, his work is uh, kind of looking at ecological fragility by um, capturing these frozen images um, yeah, what what do you know about this work? Did you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, I'm just interested in this work because I am quite interested in frozen landscapes. Yeah. Um, the, just the, I guess, uh, 
the coldness of them. Yeah. Uh, I've lived most of my life in a warm place. Yeah. And um, yeah, the one of the descriptions that talks about plunging the viewer into sublime frozen landscapes, it's filmed yeah. in uh, locations in Switzerland and Greenland's ice sheet. Yeah. So it's using video and photography, right? Yes, so you yes. get a real sense of place from and like the physical experience of being in those spaces from those Absolutely. kind of mediums. Yeah. Great. So while we're talking about film, um, there are a couple of little film festivals going on um, in August. So the first one is uh, Cinefest Oz, which is happening 26th to the 29th of August down south. Um, Everything's happening down south. It's the place to be in August. Uh, so in uh, it's happening in um, Bunbury, Bustleton, Margaret River and Augusta, just they're kind of opening cinemas. It's also happening in you know, bars and restaurants and stuff. Um, and like most film festivals, they've kind of curated a, a selection of the best Oz films. Um, so one that I'll particularly mention is the opening of the program is a film called Rams, which is directed by Jeremy Sims, who you might know from um, Last Train to Fremantle. Um, and it's a film about two feuding sheep farmer brothers um, who are played by Sam Neill and Michael Caton of The Castle. And I think that Michael Caton edition gives you a yep. feel for what you're going to be in for. Definitely. Um, so like The Castle, it's dealing with um, like a really serious topic, but doing it in a really kind of lighthearted way or a way that acknowledges that even serious things can be funny. Nice. Um, yeah, so these two sheep farming brothers um, are, you know, always in competition for who's got the best ram and then... <laughs> There's kind of like a sheep disaster that involves them having to like hide the sheep from the authorities, right? Including some scenes with sheep in bathtubs oh, and such. Amazing. So yeah, I think there's lots of lols to be had there. Cool. Um, yeah, and in other films about animals, <laughs> you can also, if you're a dog lover, which I know many listeners probably are, you can catch the Top Dog Film Fest at the State Theatre Centre on the 20th of August. Now, in this case, I think fest is a bit of a generous term, but what you will get to see is a series of a couple of hours worth of uh, short films that are devoted to the purest love known to humanity, the love between a dog and their person. Oh, gosh, I can think of a few people who will be into this. sure, right? Um, yeah, so if you're a dog lover or if you just are a particular fan of short film, that would definitely be worth catching too. Great. And moving on to theatre, uh, Claire and I are both really excited about Every Brilliant Thing. So excited. By Black Swan State Theatre Company in August. Uh, so it's a one-person play about everything that's worth living for. Yeah, the title Every Brilliant Thing kind of captures, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's it's almost, it's listing every brilliant thing of life. Yeah. And uh, it follows the narrator's journey through childhood, adolescence, into adulthood, uh, what's interesting is that the lead role, well, the sole role, can be played by someone of any gender, any age or ethnicity. So mm. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, it kind of implies that there's some sort of central things to the experience of life that uh, mm. cross those kind of boundaries. Absolutely. And it deals with big ticket topics, death and suicide, but is described as an hour of life affirming humour. Yeah, I like that. I guess my experiences are that um, the there's always joy in the saddest times and there's often sadness in joyful times too. So it's really nice to see some work that acknowledges the complexity of some of those big feelings. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, there is some audience participation in this one, which, oh. yeah, I know sometimes freaks people out, yeah. but it does sound like it's done in a way that's very safe mm. 
and um, yeah, audience called upon to act out characters, which in- introduces a bit of improvisation to the proceedings. Mm. But yeah, it does it does sound pretty yeah, um, like I, the audience is looked after. That's right, and I think quite a lot of the things are pretty low key. Like read this out. Yeah, I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's doing a huge tour. It opens in Caratha uh, in early August. It's doing two weeks in the Pilbara, then heading down to Mandarin, Arigin and Harvey before it's Perth season uh, at the State Theatre Centre of WA. And then oh, it's meant to be heading to Victoria and New South Wales. Oh, we'll see. Who can say? Hopefully that can happen. Yeah. And then back to WA, Kalgoorlie, Esperance and Albany in November. Great. Lots of opportunities for people to catch that one. Yeah. And then the other play I wanted to talk about quickly is Savage Grace by Steamworks Arts, uh, an Australian play by Alana Valentine uh, that uh, Steamworks Arts premiered in 2001. Uh, It was actually their debut play. Um, So this is a play that's being presented again to celebrate their 21st anniversary. Uh, it's a play about euthanasia and HIV AIDS, but yeah. the twist for this season is that uh, the playwright has written a contemporary update to the original work mm. to incorporate uh, the current situation, the uh, global pandemic. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess there's lots of parallels to be made between the two, the two epidemics of our lifetimes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, the... What what is also interesting is that the um, it's the same cast as twenty one mm-hmm. years ago. Not right. often that can happen. Cool. Gibson Nolte and Humphrey Bower. So um, that's yeah, a really the, nice addition. I think so. Yeah. There's a nice symmetry to that. Yeah. So I think that that's about it. We're just about ready to wrap. Um, can I sneak in two quick shout outs oh, for September? Sure. I know that it's not allowed, but I won't be here next month. So as a choir director, I consider it my civic duty to let people know when there are opportunities to sing. Um, and there are two in September. If you're a pop fan, you can catch um, Pub Choir's Cheap Therapy Tour. You might know Pub Choir from Australia's Biggest Sing-Along on SBS in June. Um, and you can uh, go along and learn a pop song with Astrid Jorgensen and her accompanist Waveney Yasso. Or if classical music is more your thing, you can um, head down to Winthrop Hall on the 11th of September for The Big Sing with UWA Choral Society, where Chris Botel will be conducting you to learn Handel's Messiah. So if you've ever wanted to sing that, this is your chance to do so. Great. Thanks so much, Claire. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. And uh, if you want more information about any of the shows we've mentioned today, uh, just head to our show notes. They'll be on our website. And we look forward to talking to you again in September. Yeah, catch you at a show, Nina. You sure will. (laughs) You've been listening to Your Arts Playground, the podcast that keeps you up to speed with shows, concerts and exhibitions in WA. For more information on what's on, head to WA's premier online arts magazine, seesawmag.com.au. And if you like what you're listening to, buy us a coffee while you're there. This podcast was recorded by Rosalind Appleby and Nina Levy and mixed by Gemma King on Wajak Noongar Buja. The theme music, Newsy Hipster, is by Josh Hogan and Ned Beckley of Envelope Audio. We acknowledge the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Thanks for joining us in Your Arts Playground.